everyone, and welcome to the Green by Train podcast for Green Week 41. I'm Greg Northey from Pulse Canada, and I'm joined by Mill Poirier of QGI Consulting, who manages the Ag Transport Coalition, a consortium of agriculture groups that produce data and reports on rail service and performance. How are you doing today, Milt? I'm good, Greg. How are you after the long weekend? Yeah, it was a pretty relaxing weekend. I enjoyed it quite a bit. And I would also say that uh, the week 41 performance was also kind of enjoyable. This seemed like a uh, sort of a, a milestone for the grain year this year. We're 41 weeks in, and this was a, this was a big week. Can you tell us why, Milt? Well, after uh, 40 weeks of uh, inconsistent performance, for the most part, week 41 actually brought us the best overall performance of the current grain year when you look at the performance of the two railways combined, which was 99%. Even going all the way back to the beginning of the grain year in August and September, which is when we normally see, uh, you know, the best performance, quote unquote, this exceeded that, which so it was, as you say, uh, quite a milestone for the current grain year. And, and as you'd expect, because, you know, at 99%, when you look at the two railways together, individually, they were both very good. CN, 98%, matched their best performance of the year. Uh, they've now hit 98% twice this year in week 41. And interestingly enough, prior to that was week 38. CP was perfect which they've been nearly perfect now for seven straight weeks. They've been above 90% for the last seven weeks and the last six weeks, they've been 98% or better in each of those weeks. So pretty outstanding. Takes us back to the early part of the grain year when when they were consistently really good week in and week out, pretty much August right through October. Of course, prior to the fate that all, all shippers suffered in November when the washouts uh, started the run of bad service. And one other milestone, I guess, is the fact that uh, for the first time this year, we've had a week where both CN and CP came out of that week with zero outstanding orders. That's the first time in 41 weeks that that has happened. And just to add to the color, it doesn't matter what corridor you look at, whether it's Vancouver, Prince Rupert, Thunder Bay, they were all good, as, as you would expect, with top-line performance that high. So, yeah, good week. The best week. Yeah. Um, it's a bit sad that it took 41 weeks to get there, but, yeah, good week. Uh, provincially, obviously, likely not nothing of note. Everyone did pretty well, I assume. Pretty much uh, consistent with the overall system performance. You know, the worst performance we saw at a provincial level this week was CN in Alberta. Whereas we've talked about before, they've had their struggles this year. But uh, in week 41, 97% on time order fulfillment. And that was the worst uh, performance that we saw in any of the provinces by either railway uh, this week. So pretty good. Yeah. Well, week 41. Um, glad it finally came. So something that also came recently, uh, about two weeks ago. Transport Canada announced uh, the publication of the new Railway Service and Performance Indicators in Canada Gazette 1. So this is um, something that we've been waiting for quite a while as well. Transport Canada has been working on them for a few years. Uh, and this is really the, the first step towards the end of this process. Mel, you've been involved in this a little bit. I think this week we'll, we'll just sort of preview it, but our plan is next week to, to do a bit more of a deep dive on this and 
we have done a podcast before on 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 sort of around the edges around what this meant, but I think we'll devote some time to them and what these indicators are next week. But maybe just to just to preface for that, Milt, you've been involved. What's a little bit of uh, the context, the history behind this publication in Canada Gazette One by Transport Canada? Yeah. So as you say, it's been a number of years that this process has been underway, just to take people back all the way to May of 2018, which seems like forever. That's when the Transportation Modernization Act, which was the latest version, if you will, of the Canada Transportation Act, received royal assent. And when that happened, the act included provisions or requirements for the railways to self-report on performance. Now, from the beginning, they started with what they called transitional measures, uh, which were effectively measures that already existed that had been put in place by the Surface Transportation Board in the U.S., I'm going to say back around 2015. So what Transport Canada opted to do was to, with the passing of uh, the Transportation Modernization Act, to put into force these transitional measures with effectively no change to them. The railways came up with methodologies and they began reporting, you know, within a couple of months of the passing of the act in May. From the get-go, these were intended as a stopgap measure to give Transport Canada time to uh, develop a new set of metrics. And a big part of that process, obviously, was public consultation with freight shippers, I guess, first and foremost, but all organizations and individuals who had a stake in the railway system obviously can comment on those kinds of things. So that's how it started. And they started reporting them publicly, I'm going to say back in November of 2018, and have been doing so every week since that time, and will continue to do so until the new measures actually come into force. So the transitional measures were a good start. I I would say that, you know, mixed reactions from industry stakeholders with respect to to that approach. I think everyone, uh, because they've been asking for it for so long, obviously welcomed the fact that the Act now had a requirement in it for railways to self-report on their performance publicly and to do so individually so that you would be able to see you know, CN's performance versus CP's performance, as opposed to, you know, aggregated performance, which is reported in some other areas, such as with the Grain uh, Monitor Program. But at the same time, uh, you know, uh, shippers in particular were critical of the specific metrics that were implemented and the fact that there was a certain lack of rigor around methodologies and scope, which is not unexpected, frankly. I mean, when you just lift something that was designed for one environment and drop it into another, it's not necessarily going to fit well. And that's what people kind of criticized. But Transport Canada knew that going in. So they were prepared to live with that just to get the process started. And all in all, I don't think that was a bad idea. So once that got going, you know, in December of 2018, I think Transport Canada kicked off their uh, public consultation process, which lasted the better part of three years and has now come to uh, the point, as you uh, mentioned a moment ago, where they have now published the proposed regulations regarding service performance reporting in Canada Gazette One, which is, you know, the second last step, if you will before they're finalized and and they go into force. Yeah, so they were, thanks Mel for that. And so they were published May 6th. Uh, we've got 60 day comment period beginning of July. And then um, 
90 day implementation period once they finally get published. So yeah, I think we could be seeing these, these metrics by the end of the year, potentially early 2023. So they're pretty, it's a, it's a pretty interesting set of metrics. It definitely has, um, you know, it's definitely doing something and it's really important to unpack what it is that, that they do and, and what their limitations are. So I think we'll take a look at that next week because it's, it is important moment, I think, for Transport Canada to be putting these kind of metrics together. Um, and also obviously what they, what they, um, you know, how they relate and, and how they may, how they relate to the, the ATC particularly. So, so we'll talk a little bit more about that next week, basically trying to answer the question, whether are they good or are they bad? All right, Mel, thanks a lot for your time today. For those who'd like to see the Ag Transport Coalition reports, you can go to www.agtransportcoalition.com. We'll talk to you all next week. Bye.